the Evolved Succeed podcast, where founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and experts are interviewed to explore the link between personal and business success. We will also investigate and establish the need for ongoing personal development, accountability, and support. The objective is to inspire you, the audience, to be better in life and in business. Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My guest this week is Julian Morgan, co-founder and director of Energy Advice Line, an online business energy comparison and switching service that helps businesses save money on essential and costly energy costs. Julian started the business with his wife in 2007 and became somewhat of a pioneer in the online comparative market pricing, which has, of course, become so ubiquitous today. Julian is a really valued member of one of our Evolved peer groups, and I've long wanted to sit down with him and have a chat about his own entrepreneurial journey. This week, I finally got the chance, and as you'll see and hear, it turned out to be a great discussion, and the topics included the challenges of building a business relationship over Zoom. 2020 has been just the weirdest year 21 will give us like i said the it's the options so if we can have that zoom meeting just have a quick catch up face to face brilliant but like you say there's nothing like um meeting for coffee or having a, having a really good chat with someone face to face that's that's human nature isn't it that's, that's the bit i've missed the most in 2020 his go-to technique for relieving stress and replenishing energy during difficult times if i was to have a bad day i would literally put my running shoes on and go for a run around the block and the difficulties of operating a business with integrity and genuine customer focus in such a crowded marketplace. When people are cold called as much as they are selling energy, telecoms, whatever product that is, you get customers that don't engage with the market at all then because they just can't be bothered because they're beaten up by the cold callers and they sometimes might even agree to that call because they can't just go away. I'll agree to it. Just go away. Leave me alone. If you want to learn more about the services offered by Evolve, then please do go to evolvemembers.com. But for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, Julian, to the Evolve Succeed podcast. Thanks, Warren. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was great to have you on the podcast. Um, so I suppose the first question, Julian, is just tell our listeners a little bit about energy advice line your business and what it does yeah sure so we're a business to business uh, price comparison and switching service we've been uh dedicated to kind of helping businesses uh for the last um 12 13 years so we've successfully built the business up my wife and i started in our loft room back in 2007 uh, when we first started helping SMEs through the kind of trials and tribulations at that point, really, of switching energy supplier, because at that point it was a little bit, a little bit harder to do than it is right now, which is where the online products and so on and so forth have really come on board to really help businesses compare. Back then, it was less transparent. Suppliers weren't necessarily up to sharing prices with customers they were very protective of their commercial positions so we challenged that we challenged the status quo back in 2007 to say look guys um you shouldn't be hiding behind you should be coming front with your proposition let's see if you you know we were the first to host prices online at that time so we really challenged the status quo at that time it was business to consumer prices were being hosted and that was the use switches of this world but we were the first really to challenge suppliers to say look give us your prices we'll put them online and let the customer make the decision as opposed to other factors um, 
affecting that. Let the customer make the decision. Let them make the choice. And it, where it's grown successfully since then. And we now help thousands of um, customers every year, not just compare the market, uh, but switch to um, switch to a better deal. Fantastic. And what's it like being in those very early days of a business, being a disruptor in an industry? Because you're trying to stand out from the crowd, but you're sort of swimming against the tide in a way, aren't you? Yeah, we were. We were actually. Uh, we still are uh, because we, we we still challenge the status quo. We're still trying, although we've had a lot more um, entrance into the space now. So it's a, it's a more competitive space for sure. But um, yeah, it is great being a disruptor in this space because albeit suppliers don't like disruption um, a lot of the time because uh, their businesses mainly are built on on retention. Obviously, the price comparison services are all built on acquisition and moving customers to a, to a better mm. contract. So it is the suppliers in terms of their position love us because they're in, we're introducing lots of new business to them. But on the other hand, if a customer comes to us and they're with the supplier and they want to move to another supplier, that's deemed as disruption because obviously we're taking business away and introducing it to another supplier. So, but at the end of the day, we're there to just represent the customer and their interests. Um, our supplier partners are obviously dear to us. Uh, we have very good working relationships with them. And that's the strength of our business. But the key of an intermediary like us is to sit in the middle, uh, manage our supplier relationships, but on the flip side, help customers as much as we can get a better deal for their energy, especially right now where um, obviously the SME space is a little bit. Yeah. I suppose in that world, you must be seen as not a preferred kind of business model for perhaps the big four, but the energy sector in general is full of bright new businesses coming into the market aren't they and they must love what you do because they give them access to market yeah exactly that so if we're we we're always approached by by new entrant suppliers um the reason being is we give them like you say access to a volume of customers straight away so whereas say the big four don't particularly well they, they, we still introduce a lot of business to the big four but the new entrants are particularly hungry to utilize um some of the the bigger price comparison services out there because they can shift uh, they can shift customer volume to them quite quickly. So do you see yourself as a technology business or business to business services business? Ah, that's a good really good question. Since we set um energy advice line up, um we've always had a techno technology bias. So we've always we've always liked to develop our own systems and we still do do that to our day to this day. So it's a really good question. We we see ourselves as being a tech firm, but predominantly using the tech to make it easier for customers in our space to make a better decision about who they switch to. So in essence, the, the switching service can be still be quite complicated, but as long as we can take that complication out through tech, we find that model really stacks up and it's in the cost to serve. Tech in our space really helps the cost to serve and also helps with the customer journey. So it must be really interesting because you've got a, I suppose on one side, if I look at your business, Julian, you've got a, a marketing business, getting the brand out there, mm -hmm. getting the awareness, and then you've got a tech business. Yeah, correct. And they are completely different, aren't they, in terms of the type of, I assume, the type of personalities that you have in the different streams of the business. So how do you manage that from a culture perspective? What internally? Yes. Do you know what? It's really, is it, we, so we share the same space. Our office is open plan. We don't have any closed doors. So we've got, so we've got development, uh, software development. We've got a sales function. We have administration function with HR. We have management function and we have a, what we call a contract management service as well. So 
all of these services all share the same space in our in our office and we find it's a great environment i think i think it's a mistake to have closed doors in a in a in a in a company i think obviously for meeting space fair enough but for for just general day to day you you'll find that a developer is sitting there and you've got a sales team there as well and they bounce ideas off one another and the salesperson will suddenly help the development side of the business come up with a new software idea and vice versa. The, the, the software might come at a slightly different angle. I, I love working in that environment. It, it, I, in that respect, it sounds corny, but I do like, in that respect, I love going to work every day because it is so different and the, the personalities uh, within the business um, make us what we are today. Day, we're a software stroke service business, but it's the personalities that make our business. There's no doubt about that. Fantastic. I think that's the same in all sort of smaller entrepreneurial yeah. founded businesses, isn't it? That actually it's it's the people that make it click. Oh, 100%. You know, without, you know, the, the, the team we've got right now is is probably the best team we've ever had as a business. It's in that respect, it's really, really good. So, I mean, what about, we're going to have to talk about it, I suppose, when we're talking about people and culture and that. And mm-hmm. how's 2020 and naturally that need for us all to be working from home in kind of office-based businesses affected your culture and that team spirit that by the sounds of it is in you know is is awesome and incredible when you're all together um it's you know it's been really interesting and i think with the virtual meets that we do three times a day morning lunchtime and evening sounds a bit ott doesn't it but from from the off from march when we sat down um as a management team we we thought well We've got to keep our business together. We've got to keep it ticking. Our strength of our business is the people that work in it. So we've got to keep on contact with these guys. So albeit they're all working from very different um, environments. Some are working from the bedrooms. Some are working from the lounge, the kitchens. You know, it's a really weird time in that respect. And you get to see what they're like and how they're living as well, which is really cool, actually, because you, you get to know that person a little bit more as well. So I'd say in some respects, it's been a good thing. Other respects, not so good because obviously the strength is when we're all together, but we'll, we'll never, you'll never ever get that unless you're all, all together. And hopefully the 2021 will, will allow us to, to do just that again. Fingers crossed. I would agree with you though. I think I feel more connected in some ways about knowing more about my team, yeah. particularly the more junior members in the team yep. than I've ever yeah. done. Absolutely. Cause it's one-to-one. And you never have that, you know, it's really easy when you're in the office to go to, to walk. It sounds really bad. You walk to your desk and you kind of, you don't necessarily have the conversation with that person. But if you want to meet in the, in the morning, in, in lunchtime and in evening, you have that conversation. Hmm. So it's really, in that respect, it's been really positive. And I think we, we've learned a lot by that. And I think most businesses out there have learned a lot by it as well. I know it's completely different to business, but I had um, my parent-teacher meetings with my oldest child's school the other day, and it was the best parent-teacher meeting we ever had because it was one-to-one. Yeah, and it was you didn't have the distractions of of people, other people in the room, and they didn't have the distractions, and it was it was a really good idea. And I think we'll learn a lot by that in that respect. And meetings probably will be via rather than come to see you now. Why why don't you just have a virtual meeting as opposed to having a a client supplier meeting? Um, you can do that virtually quite easily now. Yeah, I think the challenge there is, and we had a similar experience with um, school parents evening, and it was brilliant. So I agree with you on that point. But the challenge is about how do you build relationships, isn't it? I think yep. that Zoom experience, Teams experience, is 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 great at getting the detail you need, mm. but it can be 
in some ways, if it's with a supplier or whatever, it becomes quite a transactional, not necessarily a relationship building conversation. No, absolutely. I think it, yeah, I agree. I think I'm so looking forward to, you know, if 2020 has been just the weirdest year and 21 will give us, like I said, the, it's the options. So if we can have that Zoom meeting, just have a quick catch up face to face face-to-face brilliant but like you say there's nothing like um meeting for a coffee or having a having a really good chat with someone face-to-face it's just that's that's human nature isn't it and that's that's the bit i've missed the most in 2020 you spoke very much at the outset you know this this business was you and jules your yep, wife yep. Uh, in a loft room in the yep, house yeah so what did it feel like to sort of co-found the business with your other half great uh, you know it, it sounds weird because I, I, that we're kind of unique i think we're kind of unique um in that respect we love sounds horrible it sounds corny doesn't it but we love spending time together so Brilliant. so so it, it's in essence it's the strength of our business one of the strengths of our business is the fact that jules and i love spending time with one another working and um, home life and i appreciate that that's not for everyone but for us it really works and we we kind of knew that from the off when we when we first sat up in the loft room chatting to the first few customers that we had that we just we just knew it was going to work and it just allowed when we were at that opportunity of of building our business organically we and bringing staff in it just fitted and it brought against again, again obviously bringing staff in it, it, at that time it brought again new challenges new learning curves with regard to employment rights etc um, but as a you just learn uh, and you grow with it so how do you get i, I mean true to ask how do you get boundaries between work and home and how because obviously you've got children as well mm-hmm. and how's being entrepreneurial and running a business together kind of affected your family life um i think the biggest effect we've had recently is is 2020 so whereas when we set the business up it was all new and gleaming and not say fun because it was still precious with regard to cash etc when you first set the business up but it was it was we didn't mind working from home as much then it was part of we just knew it we couldn't afford office space at the end of the day but now you 13 years later when you have got office space and you've got a team and suddenly you have to start working from home again those lines become a little bit blurred and I, you know i wouldn't be lying if if this year it has been in that respect quite was during lockdown it was a real challenge some days when you're faced with um, what COVID brought in terms of, um, you know, stresses on the business, uncertainty on the business, you then have to think, but when you're working from home and it all becomes the same bubble, especially with the children here, you know, they were, they were learning virtually um, on their iPads with the teachers as well. So they were here as well. So it was great in some respects, but it was a challenge by have, by not being able to walk away from the office door. We couldn't necessarily, our loft room is now full of loft stuff. So we didn't have that. <laughs> we didn't have that opportunity where I'm, where I'm sat right now talking to you is in my, in my kitchen. So in essence, we, we, we have a corner of the kitchen where we sit and work now. So that's the way. And those, those computers are always there. So that's our workspace. So it's kind of difficult some days. Um, mm. but I, I can't, I personally, I love the structure of going to the office. And I'm really looking forward to that next 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 year when we can when we can do that. But um, yeah, I think it's a strength and a weakness, Warren. I think um, I think some some day I think most of the time it's great, but those lines have become a little bit blurred during 2020 because um, of not having the office to go to. And you know, you're clearly really passionate about your business, and I'll come on to ask you why you're so passionate in a moment. But do you think you're always destined to run your own business? Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's a very certain answer. So that's a definite. <laughs> so why was it definitely? Uh, just knew it. 
I, I, I worked, um, I worked corporate for a while. I was a marketing manager working for a corporate, uh, international corporate, loved it, but just knew that I didn't want to be doing that for forever. Not a, I'm not a political player. I don't like, yeah. I don't like that. I, I love, I love working in the environment I'm working in now. I don't like politics. I can't be doing with any of the corporate politics. Um, so well, I like the job. I just didn't enjoy the maneuvering for want of a better word that, that corporate life presents. So I knew at that stage, I hold that hold out this burning ambition to, to work for me. And I, I just love the responsibility. I love the challenge of it. I just, I think why not do it for yourself as opposed to someone else? And I just love the, yeah, just it, it my DNA really in that respect definitely brilliant and talking about that passion because you can the listeners will hear it coming through you know the excitement and passion for your business why are you so passionate about your business it's not I do not be passionate about anything I did okay Um, to be honest because I think well what's the point in doing something if you're going to do it half-hearted so irrespective of whether it was um, energy advice line or anything else I would um, I would do it with 100% because, you know, at the end of the day, what's the point in doing something that you're not going to give it your all? What, there's just no point, is there? Uh, I'm just that sort of person, whether it's throwing a rugby ball around a field or playing a game of golf or going for a ski trip. I don't know. Anything I do, I love. I just love doing. Um, just yeah. give it your all. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, which is a great attitude and a great vibe to have. But there must be days when, you know, you, a bad day or or, you know, situation at work or whatever it may be, and you feel a little low, how do you, because, you know, you've got a great, got a great energy. Um, But, you know, you've got a great energy and a great passion and a great enthusiasm. How do you rejuvenate yourself? Because, come on, there's got to be days when however optimistic you are as an individual that you do feel down. Yeah, definitely. I think negativity is the worst thing. Um, Negativity just breeds negativity. So, Oh yeah, God, I get negative thoughts sometimes. I've never had so many negative thoughts as, as in 2020 because of the challenges. But how you get rid of that is, to be honest with you, just, just family. Um, and I you think, oh God, my, my wife's my business partner. But it, because we can kind of, kind of cut off, just we, you know, if you can get out, enjoy enjoy time with your family and, and friends, or well, when you can enjoy fam- time with yeah. your friends these days. Uh, but... I have a active um, social life is good. Um, I enjoy, I love sport. So if I was to have a bad day, I would literally put my running shoes on and go for a run around the block. Um, I'll go for a few miles and just just have time just to. I think if I I've, we chatted about it before, haven't we? Whether we, we didn't if we don't have that go to, we don't have that opportunity just to to walk away and go for that um, go for that half an hour an hour just so you have some time. My time if I went for my go to would be would be my run. So it just gives me a chance to just one on one, just uh, have a good talk to myself. I think yeah, you get bad days. There's, there's no doubt you get bad days, but as long as you have more good ones and bad ones, that's yeah. that's the thing. I actually agree with you. And you know, as you say, we've had that conversation. I think you've got to have something that separates you. And some people use med- uh, meditation. People, some people use you know going for a walk, going for a run, going on a bike. But whatever you do, you've got to find your thing that gives your I think sometimes the space for your head just in your brain to assimilate what's going on and react to it in a calm way. Whereas I think, you know, in business generally, forget this year, but in business generally, it can be high pressure, can't it? And it, you can, if you're not careful, get into the trap of making snap decisions when yeah. actually sometimes yeah. you just need to take a step back and relax into it and let your mind help and your subconscious come up with the solutions. 
yeah, I think if anything, 2020 has taught me is not, it's just, it's just to, to refrain from making those snap decisions because one, things are really difficult and uh, the business is, is not as, as, as good as it potentially was. Those, those snap decisions can sometimes hurt you. So yeah, you're right. You're just to walk away for a bit, then come back with a clearer mind is I've learned that in the last six months, nine months. That's, that's one of the key learns actually is just to, is to just trust your decision, but just give yourself a little bit more time to make that decision. Yeah, no, definitely. In terms of your, the business, I suppose people are using less energy, you know, business energy, because you're yep. business to business, not business to consumer. Yep. So that must have presented some challenges with regard to your business model this year. Yeah, it does. It definitely does because um, we get paid an introduction payment from the supplier partner when they when the customer switches to that particular supplier. So that's that payment is always aligned to the to the uh, the actual meters consumption, so that business's consumption. So if their consumption patterns fall, we in effect get paid less by the supplier partner. So um, and that's we understand that um, and kind of, we we model that in our business. But the variances we were seeing pre twenty twenty were were modelled. The variances that we saw we've seen in the last three to six months of something we've never seen. We've never been able to model because we've never had such a large tranche of businesses closed for a large period of time. So that has had a massive effect on the business, uh, which has had, which required us to adapt and manage our way through that, which we've done. We, we, you know, at the end of the day, we're still here. And I think for, it sounds really rubbish, doesn't it? To say, you know, guys, your business is still here. But I think, we are still here. We're still trading. We're still trading successfully, albeit in a very, very adapted way, should I say. So that commission payment that we are receiving the supplier, whereby we have been able to model it, has, has, had, has, has had a massive effect on, on our cash into our business that we're able to, you know, when you put a budget together, you, you never budget for huge percentages of businesses being closed over a period of time. And that's what, that's unfortunate what we've had this year. Yeah, and I suppose yeah, everybody's down on usage, aren't they? You haven't got some up, some down, and you haven't got that counter. No, and, we haven't. Everyone's down. But, you know, I suppose I know a little bit about what you've been up to in 2020, but you've also used it as a business opportunity, haven't you, to adapt and see what can be done differently and, and yeah. build a platform for building the business in a different way going forward. So do you want to share with our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So as we've moved through 2020, the worst thing you can do in any anything is just to kind of sit still and worry about things um, and not not really understand where things are heading. Now, where we believe things are heading is as is, is we emerge out of COVID, customers in the SME space will want to make decisions uh, quickly because, you know, at the end of the day, costs are something you have to control massively in your business. It's never been such a such an important time to do just that so what we've done is we've we've developed on online basically online uh price comparison and complete end-to-end switching platform for SMEs in the uk so what that allows them to do is to basically enter their postcode grab the rates and if they like those rates just literally move through the process after about five or six steps you've switched your new supplier there's no interaction with any salespeople. it's literally all completely online so what it's allowing customers to do is one is to do it quickly and the other thing is to do it simply. Um, yeah. Simple is, is I think we're, you, know, you look at SMEs, five or five odd million SMEs in the UK right now, they're all being, they've been hit over the head with a, with a well, I don't know, with a baseball bat, I guess. They're all, they're all a little bit fatigued, well, very fatigued depending on the sector they deal in. 
So when we thought, right, how can we help them? Um, we've helped them by by hopefully putting together a, a really decent online platform whereby they can do some, something really simply, get that box ticked and move on to running their business. You make that sound simple, so simple, but I, you know, it must have been a huge sort of technical challenge to be able to do that so yeah. that you can interact with all the different agencies and suppliers and, and make the switch without any human interaction. Um, it must have been a huge tech yeah, challenge. Yeah, it, ha- it has been. But we've the great thing is we've, we've got some great developers who have been, have been with us quite a long, a long number of years now, and they know the business inside out. And we're a tech-based business, so in essence, we we just utilise those skills to just the key the key area for this next stage, which was helping customers online, is is the user interface. It has to be a one. It has to be perfect for customers mm-hmm. to just basically just be confident about it, because at the end of the day, it's you know business energy costs thousands of pounds a year. So we whereas we had the basis, we had the foundation. We had the knowledge, what was the important thing, what we've basically been doing for the last six, nine months is perfecting this user interface so that people can indeed just use it if they want. Because that's the whole point of it. It's there, it's free to use. It's not going to cost the customer anything to use. So even if they don't want to use it, they can just grab a price and just just be happy with the price that they're receiving on the, on the, on the website. But if they want to switch, they can switch in a, in a, in a matter of a couple of minutes. Fantastic. Could I just ask you some, you know, a lot of people run in in this day and age, most businesses have an element of tech in them and yep. where we perhaps used to have, you know, even five, but definitely 10 years ago, the businesses that built the tech and then you'd have the business that built the marketing. A lot of businesses now incorporate both tech and marketing and delivery as one. Yep. Have you got any tips on running a uh, development and tech team? I'd say the biggest the biggest challenge for um for uh, development it is delivery. So yeah. I'd say the and I think I I probably say that for any development business out there it's just a case of manage expectations through the business because when you've got a sales team wanting a product and they want a little tweak on a product we can always always sometimes not understand actually what that means to development or developer or development team it's it's you know it's 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 complicated what they do um they they do great work and it just takes time and i think the biggest learn for me is just to and what i've learned to do is just be patient and understand okay we are at where we're at um and it's just a case really of just setting the time scales uh but also for the business as a whole to just align the expectations because people want things a lot quicker these days than, than you know, what it's like. Uh, people, you know, the way it is, people just want it now. I'd love to have it now, but I can't. But I've got to understand that the development team, uh, what they do is a great job. And uh, and they've just, but it just, it takes time to perfect. There's no doubt. What you think is a simple job can sometimes take days and, and, or, or weeks to, to, to basically roll out and get right. And I, I suppose now we're going into a phase into 2021 where you're you're quite excited. You've got your new product. And yep. I suppose you go into something that's probably more in your world, which is that marketing. And how do you push out the new product? That's yep. your new challenge for 2021, I assume. That is 100% the new challenge for 2021. So it's just basically casting the net out to, to basically, uh, I just want as many small to medium-sized businesses to know about this product as possible as we emerge out of COVID because we can really help. So that's the key for us now as we go through the rest of this month. And then when January 2021 starts, it's, it's a new, new, new start for us. 
and uh, we will be so focused and just to spread that word and get get that product in in front of as many businesses as possible so they can indeed just do it as quickly as possible simple move on run your business that's the model get your business energy done so it, you're not spending hours on the phone talking to people get it done online then crack on with earning earning money for business as opposed to uh, saving it Brilliant. I'd like to ask you the question around kind of because you're you're now into this kind of eyeballs game, aren't you? You know, mm-hmm. you're not constrained by hours and team hours. You're constrained about the number of people that get to see and use the technology you've developed. So yeah. I suppose as a marketeer, and I'm assuming with you know being an SME mm-hmm. competing in a national space, mm-hmm. how do you use limited budget to get eyeballs? Um, so there's two two models. There's the, there's the direct model, and there's also what we call the partner model. So um, the direct model is all about um, offering um, the price comparison service out um, using various routes. That will be Google. That'll be um, and that'll be social. There will be elements of uh, referral in there also. So that's how we get our direct customers on on the product. But we also have sitting alongside that a partner portal that partners can use. So for example, if you're running a professional business yourself, so you have you already have small to medium-sized businesses as your customer base, it could be um, a conveyancing solicitor, it could be a telecoms company, it can be anyone really that doesn't necessarily offer energy to their customers currently. We have a partner product that will allow them to actually put on their website the price comparison engine. So they can, in essence use the price comparison engine supported by us and their customers can use them to switch the switch their uh, their energy or gain prices for energy supply so okay. there's this two tier there's two tiers a direct there's a direct um tier but there's also the partner tier and we're excited about both because on the partner side we uh, we 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 again invested behind that so again the tech is in place so partners can log on to a portal they can see where their leads are at. They can send um, leads to their customers. So they, they've got the confidence behind what they're offering. So we have a team of people in the business, again, just managing just that part of the business and looking after partners as we grow through 2021. Brilliant. So yeah, I, two routes to market, two channels, direct and partner. In yeah. terms of the direct route, is that just social media, Google campaigns? Is that a traditional approach? Absolutely. Uh, for us, yes. Um, we're not we're not your cold callers. Uh, we are. A, we we have always, as a business, always relied on businesses coming to us through what we've done with through word of mouth and uh, what we've what we set out. So we will advertise. We'll we'll cast that net out so people can choose to use us. We never force use, never, because that's that not that's not our model. We're always we've always believed in what we do as a decent service. So we've always relied on, we get loads of that. We get loads of customers referring customers onto us because of the service that we, uh, we offer our, our customer base. So Brilliant. it is a traditional approach. Um, it's, not, it's an aggressive approach, but it's an aggressive approach in a nice way because customers can use us as they want to. We will never, ever, we'll never, ever force this on anyone. Yeah, and I suppose that, that is a challenge for you, isn't it? Is a business trying to do things in the right way and treat customers fairly and all of those kind of that terminology. Yes. You're in quite, you probably weren't in 2007, eight, yeah. but now you're in quite a competitive, aggressive market cool. with some competitors that probably don't quite do things the right way and aren't as, uh, haven't got the same kind of moral fiber, shall we say. 
how do you find that? How do you, you know, because I operate in a world where I'm around fellow my competitors are professional. They're great. I can have respect for them. But your situation may be slightly different to that, Julian. Yeah, it is. Uh, I get, um, we get a lot of customers that call us because they're being, current customers call us because they're being uh, cold called by um, agencies or uh, brokers out there that are saying they just make things up. In it some of the time <laughs> and they and we our customer calls us up saying oh i've just been contacted by you you say well no you, we haven't contacted you. you say well yeah you have we just you just contacted us and so we get a lot of we also get brand misuse also so there's a lot there's a that and i hate the, the thing i hate about our space is just that is it creates what it does is it creates um disengagement so you've got you've got when they when people are cold called as much as they are selling energy telecoms whatever product that is, you get customers that don't engage with the market at all then because they just can't be bothered because they're beaten up by the cold callers and they sometimes might even agree to that call because they can't just go away I'll agree to it just go away leave me alone, and I feel sorry for those customers, but that's why we've developed the partner product in essence because. There's a huge tranche of SMEs in the UK that never engage with the market because they just don't want to, because they're because they just feel put off by a lot of this cold calling um, business going on. So when we develop the partner product, it just allows for partners, their customers, to engage with the market fairly. So in essence, it just allows it just it just presents an offer to a customer in a fair way as opposed to a way that's a bit forceful and a bit underhand yeah and you clearly have the benefit of leaning on that trusted relationship then don't you so absolutely you ended there yeah because yeah the beauty of a, a partner what they what they bring to their customers is is, is the trust like you say and they it will it'll allow for so we hope it will really allow for so many more SMEs to engage with the space and save themselves some money because that's the end of the day that's what we're after um, we just want people to save some money because at the moment there's about, we estimate about 30% of businesses right now are on the out of contract variable tariff that comes into play at the end of their contract duration. So for example, if a customer signs up to a 12 month fixed price deal, similar to like a mortgage where you, you sign into a mortgage for a fixed period, you come to that end of that deal and then you, you put on a standard variable rate, which is always higher. So we've got, we estimate 30% of businesses right now are on that rate. Wow. That's quite a high proportion, isn't it? Huge. Because what Ofgem regulated, the the, the regulator for office and uh, for gas and electricity a few years ago was, was to stop the supplier enforcing what's called a rollover contract. So a rollover was when you come to the end of your contract term, the supplier had it within their right to put you onto another 12 or 24 month term automatically if you, if you as a customer didn't engage and stop them from doing it. Offgem stopped suppliers doing that, which is great. So customers were protected and not being rolled over to onerous rates for 12 or 20 month period, 24 month periods. But what it did do was present the opportunity for, for the supplier to put them on, on higher standard variable rates, which are published. They have to publish on their website. You can see how expensive they are. But you've still got a huge tranche of customers that don't engage and don't think about renewing at the end of the term yeah well it's particularly in that sme market because we're all distracted about running our business that, and yeah. it's not necessarily even apathy it's just bandwidth time it is you know you're ability right ability to think about it if you're running an sme and you're yeah 
you're running at a pace that's quick, you're trying to serve your customers, you're trying to keep your team happy, you're trying to build a business. Sometimes that energy and cost, and we talk about it um, with our clients, is about how do you, you know, go through your PL on a regular basis and just challenge and examine your costs from a kneel yeah. up basis. Yeah. Don't just think, well, actually, it's the same as last year, that's okay, or last year plus 5% is okay. Go back to basics and go and examine your contracts and start fresh. Yeah, that's that's the that's definitely the challenge because energy. Um, if you come to your end of the term, there will be no doubt you will be paying a much higher rate than where you were during your fixed term period. With say telecommunications or anything like that, or, or broadband, your your rates don't necessarily change. So you could come to the end of your fixed period, and your rates will stay the same in telecoms and broadband. But for energy, this is where the suppliers really earn their margin. So you, this is this is where it's so important that, that that the customers don't get don't wrap utilities up into one thing and think oh telecoms is the same as energy I won't be paying any any different at the end of my contract you do and it's usually between thirty thirty to forty percent higher than what you could get if you just swap shopped around and switched to another provider. Brilliant. So yeah, thank you for sharing that knowledge, Julian. Coming back to you personally, I mean, what has twenty twenty taught you about your own personal ability to be resilient? <laughs> just that i think <laughs> just just to be um just to be resilient i think what we, we picked up on earlier was to have get some i think what it's taught me the most is to when you need to make decisions because we've never had to make so many decisions over over a shorter period as we have in 2020 to adapt through the process but what i've learned is to just step away just yeah. kind of analyze and then make the decision based and then most importantly as well is my my, my business partner, my wife, Jules, has always accused, not sick, she's always said to me, look, Julie, you, should, you shouldn't do it yourself. You should always involve other people in the business. And that's what I've learned as well this year, particularly, you know what it's like. You, you kind of just, you, you think, well, I'll, I'll get that done. I'll do it again quicker rather than hand it, give it to someone else to do. And I think we're all guilty of that, running our own businesses, our small businesses. So what I've learned this year is to, is to trust my colleagues. And it's been, a, it's been brilliant. But I'm lucky to have a fantastic team around me, uh, an experienced team that I can trust. And that's what I've learned as well this year is to involve my team, all of, I say my team, all of the business in the, in the decision making. So I'm, I've been really open and honest with the team as we've gone through 2020 because of the challenges it's presented. And I think, I think a problem, I, I, what's, the, what's the saying? A problem shared as a... Halved. I think yeah. that is um I think that's what I've learned the most during 2020 is just to is to just chat amongst yourselves and then step away and then then make the right decision based on based on a kind of a, a team effort. Yeah. And I think that's that's where we've grown strong through 2020. So I think I I think that would be my key my key area really. It'd be just that. That's a great approach there isn't it? I think so many of us in business found ourselves with our hands firmly on the tiller again, didn't we? Particularly in that March, April period. And yeah. And something I had to do consciously was let go of that tiller again and trust and hand back to the awesome leadership team that we've got yeah. and let them do their thing. Yeah. Because before the crisis, they were doing an incredible job. Yeah. And funny, I, you isn't know, it? Yeah, you put just, your hand on the tiller yeah. because it's a moment of crisis, but if you don't let go, then actually you're never going to create that space again for yourself as a lead business leader to be strategic and to look forward and to see where the opportunities are. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm still guilty of working too much in the business, but, but I love, I love that. Uh, I love still working in the business because I think if we, if I still didn't work 
in the business, I'd probably miss a trick. There be you might miss a commercial opportunity. You might you might miss a comment made by one of the members of the team. You think, oh really? Is that the case? And then you use that to to kind of understand where where we could be going in a slightly different direction. So I think that the, the what I've learned as well in 2020 is that is, is communication has to be on point. People have to be honest. Be really really honest. If they're if they're feeling the strain, and we have this year because people have been working from home, we've we've had to deal with loads of different things this year because it's it's been so different for all of us. Uh, so it's all presented its challenges in different ways. And but as long as you got as long as you've got the right people around you, it, you'll you'll find a way through. There's no doubt. Definitely great advice there. So just a couple of things to wrap up. You are a member of one of the evolved peer groups. Yep. So <laughs> thank you for saying. Um, <laughs> I just thought it'd be good because I talk a lot and I talk a lot on the podcast about accountability and having people around you, be it a peer group, be it a trusted business friend, be it your other half, be it people that you can trust and share with and be accountable to. Because as business owners, we're not always accountable if we're not careful. Yeah. What benefit have you seen from being part of a peer group? I just, just, I love it. Um, I do not, I didn't think I would love it as much as I do. From the first day I walked in, which is about eighteen months ago now, yeah, I felt really comfortable. I didn't think I would. And what we say in the peer group is is in confidence, and and everyone in the meeting, everyone in the group is is just that. They just we share, we openly share about different situations in different businesses. And I've never, it's fantastic. So you've got so many different sectors, so many different representatives in that in that meeting you get to understand their business as well. And you feel you can really help their business as, and, and as well as them helping your business through the knowledge they've got potentially from what they've been working on. Mm. So it's just the knowledge base in that room. It's immense. And I think, I think it's unique in that respect and uh, it can't be confused with you, you hear, hear of all of these different other groups coming together at like breakfast clubs and various other things. And I think they become just a sales network if you're not careful. Mm. And I, I what, what I love about Evolve is it's so different to that. It's so far away from that. We sit in the room, we have structure of, of the, the, the meeting is well structured, but what in essence, we, we sit in that structure, but it's loose in that respect because it gives us an opportunity just to chat and yeah. have a really good opportunity to share and, uh, and learn. Perfect. Thank you. Especially, Thank especially you. during 2020, where yeah. we've had to do just that. And we've I mean, sat there some days and we're like, oh my God, we've had a disastrous month. We've had a great month. But then the person's had a great month. You sit there and listen to why they've had a great month. And they're, di- they're in a different sector and they're, they're in a com- different environment and they might be benefiting by it. They might be, their business might be thriving because of, the, of what 2020 has presented. And other businesses are, are not thriving because of what 2020 has presented. But in essence, it's, you still learn from any of it, all of it. And it's, it's still, we're still will, it'll be better for 2021 from, from the peer group. There's no doubt about it. It will all be better in 2021 because of it. Yeah. I often say it's like having that little team of non-execs around you, isn't it? That just are there, just listening, caring, challenging you, sharing, and with some words of advice that you can decide to learn from and take heed to, or actually just think, no, actually, I know what I'm doing. I mean, I'm going in my sense of direction, but it's great to have a different perspective. Oh, definitely. I think just the, the, and the opportunity to just, uh, what I love about it as well, it's not just the every month, the session we have when we sit there for, for, the, for the morning and to chat about it. It's, it's, it's everything afterwards as well. So I have people, I have people message me during the month 
Yeah. And we all share, we all share. We just literally, it, it, it's a, if I had a problem, I, I would share it in the peer group and I'd, I'd try and get someone's, and I know I get replies within minutes. Oh, how about this? And how about that? And I think we just, we just, it's a solid, it's a solid group. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the strength of the peer group is it's solid. Brilliant. Thank you, Julian, for those kind words. One final question then. Uh, what is your personal definition of success? Personal definition of success. What does success um, mean to you? I think uh, success is, I think one word, happiness. Because, yeah, I just think as long as you're happy in life, as long as success breeds happiness, what can be better than that? Fantastic. The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up as you speak. Because <laughs> it's so true. It yeah. is so true, isn't it? If you if you can't, whatever you're doing in life, if you're not happy, then that, you know, it, that is a sad place to be. And um, yeah, if that's the perspective you have on life, Julian, then good for you. You could have the yacht in Monte Carlo or the, the Ferrari on the drive. I haven't got any of those, <laughs> but I'm happy. So I think uh, I think that the minute I'm not happy is the minute I would um, think about doing something else. Brilliant. Just to wrap up then, Julian, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Where can they find out more about Energy Advice Line? Uh, just that, energyadviceline.org.uk. Uh, jump onto the website and um, compare. The, the engine is up there now, so um, compare away. Please Brilliant. do. Um, we also have uh, for partners, it's partners.energyadviceline.org.uk. So if they want to jump onto that website and become a partner as well, that website is also available. Fantastic, Julian. Thank you for being a great guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Cheers, Warren. Thanks for your time. I thought Julian gave some great advice there about adapting to rapid changes in business, as well as the ever-growing importance of recognising and accommodating customers' need for service that is both quick and seamless. Julian evoked some important questions that we as business owners need to ask ourselves regularly. Are we doing all we can for our clients and customers? Do they feel valued? And are they getting the services we promised? Like our podcast with Dave and Heather Ashley a few weeks ago, Julian's story is another great example of the benefits of running a business with your other half. I think if you can make it work, that openness, honesty and vulnerability can add another strong link to your own success. If you want further insightful content, details of our regular webinars, events in the real world when we can host them and inspiration then please do go to evolvemembers.com and register for free to get access to the evolve community you can also learn more there about the peer groups run by evolve and also if you're based in paul and bournemouth our lovely co-working space in ashley cross i really hope you've enjoyed this episode and if so please do rate review and subscribe to future episodes i look forward to you joining me again next week